get ready for the Rethink Retail Bash, the hottest party of 2023. On January 16th, you'll experience an invite-only party just for retailers and the can't-miss cocktail party during NRF. Join us as we bring together and announce the next wave of global retail leaders and top retail influencers. RSVP for the Rethink Retail Bash today. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Rethink Retail Podcast. I'm your host, Gabriella Bach, and today I'm speaking with my guest, Brian McGlynn. Brian is the General Manager of Commerce at Coveo, an AI-powered software-as-a-service search engine. Having spent more than 20 years in the high-tech industry, Brian's experience spans startups and Fortune 100 companies, including HP and IBM. He's held roles in sales, consulting, and general management, and more recently as the GM of Innershop's North American business, Brian spearheaded the company's growth into new markets with B2C and B2B commerce offerings. In his current role at Coveo, Brian brings solid e-commerce expertise with a focus on search, content management, and customer analytics. Brian holds a Bachelor of Science in Telecommunications Engineering from the Rochester Institute of Technology and an MBA from Concordia University. And outside of his work, Brian's voice can be heard on radio stations all across New York State. Brian, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for inviting me. Thanks for the opportunity to talk. Absolutely. Um, it's great to have you here. And we've made it to 2023. And I'm actually really happy to have you here because, you know, now more than ever, retailers are really feeling the weight of competition yeah. and uh, a need for relevance. So it's great to have you here as a representative of Coveo. So I'd like to kind of kick the conversation off by just really getting your take on what it means to be relevant in 2023. I certainly like the, the cue to the word relevance. And I, I think that's <laughs> A key part that we think about in, in certainly within retailers is competition, as we've seen, it, it's it really interesting. We roll back to 2019, we roll back to some of the items we saw then, some of the trends, 2020 and 2021 had their input uh, with the pandemic, and then uh, certainly coming out of it, some themes from before, some new themes that are out there. I think the continuous theme that's across the board is really the, the pressure uh, with where they're at right now, a, a massive focus on profitability for retailers mm -hmm. within the threats of with Amazon and others that are going in continuing to grow. Retailers as well have never more been under uh, under the gun to really deal with how do they maintain customers, keep them happy, and is at the same time make money. And that's mm -hmm. really where relevance is coming in. That's an area that we've looked at, certainly on our side and the retailers we're working at is how do they stay relevant to their customers in, in the age now where e-commerce has more than just proven itself, it's grown quite a bit. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely seeing retailers really focusing on trying to, you know, raise the bar on delivering yep. these experiences that are highly relevant. And, you know, that kind of then ties in with loyalty, which then ties back to like revenue and margin increases. So it's all interconnected. 
So I, I want to hear from you because I know Coveo, you guys are known for your relevance cloud and you've worked with uh, kind of an impressive list of, of retailers. So tell me a little bit about the personalization platform, the cloud, and, and exactly what you guys are doing for retailers today. And really our, our whole focus is democratizing AI and making it usable and accessible for retailers. What we mean by that, you think about the likes of Amazon, now they have thousands and thousands of developers. They've got massive amounts of cash on the balance sheet and the ability to one, attract a lot of talent, two, really develop capabilities. So they've, they've done a very good job. There's no question about mm -hmm. it for them being able to go in, bring in components, get customers to buy and really uh, not necessarily drive loyalty, but really the ability to find and buy what they're out there. What we look at from the relevance cloud is our ability to take what really the AI package it with some really interesting algorithms and capabilities and, and make it available to retailers of, of various different sizes to come aboard and really compete and give them the tools to where they can apply AI to whether it be customer acquisition, helping a customer find what they're looking for in the purchase cycle, or even going through and uh, at, at the end, working with the customer and service in various different parts. Really, our, our view of any good shopping experience, clearly why Amazon's been so successful, why Google and others have been successful, is really understanding is pretty much the, the basic simple, or principle rather, of understanding what somebody wants mm -hmm. and giving them what they want, <clears throat> what balancing it with what's good for the organization at this part as well. And that's really, we can get into that later, but that's really the big part of it. It's that split second decisions of, okay, what chair are you gonna show somebody? What mm -hmm. particular accessory are you going to show someone at that point? It may look like an innocuous product listing page, but the brains that go behind that to carefully place all those items personally within a split second of time is really what we talk about with the relevance cloud, just to, to get that optimized experience. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, you guys work with retailers across so many different categories. So you know, from clients like Bass Pro Shop, but then also like these huge luxury fashion houses like Gucci and LVMH. So I kind of want to get your take, you know, is there a commonality between how these customers are searching or finding or connecting with products or are there stark differences because they're, they're vastly different categories? That's interesting <clears throat> you bring up there. They're definitely where we've traditionally seen a lot of ability to move the needle for our retailers and, and really at this part has been kind of a different category as you nailed it you take a luxury fashion item there is certainly luxury fashion there it's not about it's it's about the experience not so much about what we're doing to drive margins the margins are somewhat fixed it's really at the mm -hmm. brand and getting people to lean in at this point so we apply items like badging we apply items like guided shopping and guided navigation we have some cosmetics companies we work with We'll determine skin type and based on someone's skin type, we'll be able to go through and help them recommend and find what they're looking for. What's nice is customers happy, the customer mm -hmm. and the company's happy because they get more customers and spend more with them. So that's a big area where we've seen quite a bit of success across the boards on that. But to your point on the larger ones, uh, the, the items such as, as you mentioned, DIY stores, certainly Bass Pro and others that we, we work with. There, there's definitely, they, they pose a different item. So with a, a brand like LVMH or others, you're looking at a, a single catalog, maybe not necessarily as deep, 
There we're going into differentiate and understand the experience. You couple that on top of a DIY story, like like Bunnings in Australia. You couple that with things Bass Pro and others where they've got tons of hundreds of thousands of different products and SKUs, variants and all that. So how do you go in and find what the person's looking at? So this is where we came in with some capabilities. We call it, it's really vectorization of the data. We're able to go in and take a product catalog and understand the distance between, okay, fishing items, whether it be gloves or boots for fishing mm-hmm. or gloves or boots for hunting, they're different. And the whole idea is that putting them all in boots and then going in and putting them all in fishing, putting them all in, whether it be at different parts, humans don't search that way. They don't go to stores mm-hmm. that way. We'll go in for a particular mission or a purpose. So detecting that context and being able to present that in one session in real time is really what differentiates. And we've seen some pretty amazing results when we've done that uh, with some of our clients, more than double digit uh, revenue per visit lifts based on... And, just kind of the basic principle of what we've done in the analog world, someone walking in and having a store associate be able to really gauge someone sitting in a, in a sporting goods store in uh, the baseball section and says, hey, do you have any gloves? You can guess with a, a reasonable degree of accuracy they're looking for baseball gloves as opposed to golf gloves or whatever else it may be. And the digital side, it's difficult. With it, Traditionally, there's been a lot of coding and a lot of guessing and click stream analysis. It falls apart because product catalogs change on a regular basis. So by using the catalog and understanding the vectorization of it, we come up with a a much stronger way to to go in. So we look at it kind of to your point, there's commonality. Customers want to be served and they want a true one-to-one personalization. That's Mm -hmm. certainly the common thread. It's really the technology behind it. It's an area of how it gets applied and how the various different components are there to to drive that experience and, and make it excellent for the user. That's super cool, especially if you're getting into a new sport or a new hobby. Oftentimes you don't know all of the different products that you might need, or maybe you do know, and and just having the best of those products kind of served to you right away makes for a much more custom tailored, but also more convenient and quicker. And then I also feel like, you know, Back to your point on, you know, the skincare recommendations, it's also kind of helping retailers kind of curtail probably some returns as well, because now they're able to recommend products that, you know, are likelier to actually, you know, fit and and serve the right purpose. Yeah. I mean, returns, it's interesting. We look at it. We've helped one retailer reduce returns by 34% online. There's part of it is there's, there's a lot of different parts and strategies that go in. What we've mm-hmm. seen a lot is the, the buy three, return two. Buy one size lower, one size higher, and try to get the best on that part. Yes, Obviously, guilty of that. <laughs> well, I think I think everybody is. It's part, <laughs> fitment's always a problem, so we can get some better fitment and universal uh, parts on that. And there's been clients that have been out to address that and other parts on there. Uh, you look at it where technical items in, in retail and other parts, people going in, does something fit? This is the right product for pieces? This is where recommendation strategy and retail sets can go in from this part. The other is just the items where people may re- return based on not just wrong size, but may return a wrong item for the job in this case. And this is mm-hmm. where being able to understand a lot of those parts better, being able to present and showcase you're looking for fasteners or certain items that may be out there Look in a DIY hardware store perspective. Mm-hmm. You might look for a certain tool to do a certain job. This is for bringing in videos, bringing in how to, or bringing in other educational items and documentation around it. 
and helping to build the product detail pages online for that. Mm -hmm. Now, the fun part is it impacts online. It also impacts in stores. We're seeing more and more well, with our DIY customers and others, the split screen experience. So the whole idea where if you're in a, a DIY store in, in a massive setting, being able to whip out a phone and very quickly go in and find the information certainly reduces returns as well. So we, we've had a little more difficulty correlating that, as I think, as everybody had, just because of point of sale systems being very separated. But clearly, we, we are seeing an impact in those parts with returns. And, and once again, relevancy coming in, delivering relevant content that's personalized to the user, and personalized to their view, is ultimately what will have a, a positive impact uh, for retailers. That's fantastic. I know me personally, I have gone to Home Depot or Lowe's several times with a, a project on my mind and didn't do enough research beforehand. Yeah. So I'm in the aisle, like trying to figure out like, you know, what size bolt that I need or trying to figure out how to fix. I have very old wall paint, like electrical wall panels, and I'm trying to figure out the fuses and no one at the store seemed to know. Um, but so now I'm on Google and I'm trying to figure it out, just standing in the aisle. So, you know, having that capability of being able to look up DIY projects and have all that information readily available and accessible is so critical to really improving that customer experience. I want to switch gears a little bit now because I know Coveo just announced your new merchandising hub, which was developed as part of a acquisition with, is it Qubit? Yeah, Qubit. Qubit, yeah. And they are a leader in AI-powered merchandising. So I want to hear from you, you know, what, what problems would you say merchandisers are really facing today that has led to this new innovation? And can you tell us about the Merchandising Hub? Yeah, we're extremely excited to release uh, this. We, it's funny, I should say release. We, we've been out, several customers are using it, mm -hmm. and we've really merged the Qubit and Coveo platform together. We, we acquired Qubit a little over a year ago. Uh, they really are a leader in retail personalization. Their clients were asking for search. Our clients were asking for personalization. And it really made sense where we, we brought the two of us together and mm -hmm. fused the platforms into something very, very interesting. So the merchandising hub is really out there uh, to address, think about a modern merchandiser. We come back to it the, years ago, there was, there was going into the first foray into digital, a lot of tools, uh, Oracle and DECA and others were developed to allow merchandisers the ability to control digital channels without having to write code. That was really the big part. So it was a, a bit of a leap. It was more of a, more machine controls. What Merchandising Hub does is it puts a brain into a lot of that. And that's really what we're looking at is what's modern merchandising. So what happened is proliferation, a lot of these tools and still many today are, are, are not really well addressing this, are creating tons and tons of rules to try to guess what a user will go in with. So you think about it is uh, you think about a fuse or an interrupter or whatever you may look at at this point, there's tons of different synonyms, ones we can't even guess. And mm -hmm. the traditional view is people will look at logs. Okay, what did somebody search? Show up zero results. Let's go put in a rule. If, if this, then do this. Or if search on TARP, then show this. So we literally one of our clients, we went in at 14,000 different rules. There were 14,000 wow. manual rules. It's impossible to manage that. Mm -hmm. But that's how they built their system synonyms, landing pages, all kinds of things. And then even trying to organize it and figure out what's actually triggering and, and using, it got, in, it got very, very nuts to go in. So we, we tested this, all right. They said, well, do you believe it'll work? We went in with an AI approach and boosted the revenue 11.6% within uh, wow. a course of two quarters by going down to eight 
rules. And the eight rules were really to respect requirements from suppliers and others where, okay, this has to get boosted more and other parts around that. So it really came in. It certainly shows itself. So the merchandising hub, it's what we've done is one, the real view is that merchandisers today, certainly in the digital world are encumbered by lots and lots of manual tasks that go in. Boostonbury mm -hmm. based on this, this synonym, that synonym, this landing page, that landing page, some of the stuff's important, but what happens is they lose the opportunity to really use their brains, which, which are far superior to what truly AI can do. AI just takes human input and repeats it in, a, in a, an efficient, fast, scalable way. But the insights and the inception is something that merchandisers uh, really, by reading the market and going into, have opportunities, but they're held back. They're held back by older tech. They're held back by a lot of the mundane parts, parts that are out there, or even giving instruction on what needs to get boosted, buried and, and hidden and all that sort of stuff, or synonyms that are out there. So we had one of our clients was able to go in and say, okay, if, if there's two pair of female shoes in the basket, that's a strong signal that it's a woman shopping for potentially a household. Let's find out. So the test goes, put men's, put the children's recommendations in there. They not get the perfect size, but at least picking the product. And what it does is we found an average order value with those sessions, 200% mm -hmm. lift wow. because we were able to go our 200% RPV increase. And the whole idea within those sessions uh, is that it, we were able to look at it and really get better signals that came out on this. And the merchandiser didn't have to go in and worry about the day-to-day -day mundane. They could start innovating, testing, and being rapid mm -hmm. about that part. So the merchandising hub is really there and designed around one, giving merchandisers the power to leverage AI, make those kinds of experiments, test, put A-B testing against them, and report on ultimately what's the revenue boost potential that would be out there. There's things that are in there we have as well, the merchandising hub around badging, around product recs, search mm -hmm. management. There's quite a bit that's in there. And the whole idea is that it's really all in one, someone to go in and tune the relevance of information with uh, within that and, and ultimately drive more revenue at this part. So we're really excited to, to really front and center this as we've released it and as we're uh, we're going to really be showcasing that in uh, right now in this quarter. Wow, that's super exciting. And it sounds like the hub is really helping like automate a lot of those traditional merchandiser tasks, which would have then allow, you know, teams to be more tactical. So that's great. And, you know, I think something that's probably able to help retailers, especially retailers that have been kind of struggling with tighter margins. You know, there's been a lot of talk around that as well as, you know, inflation, supply chain. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So I want to hear from you how retailers should be really thinking about kind of investing in AI this year to kind of help lift the burden of some of those challenges. Yeah, I think you, you really nailed it. <clears throat> and a lot of the studies you've looked at, it is top of mind for a lot of retail executives. I, I still think it's it's easy to answer a survey. The real call to action is to do something about it and do something mm -hmm. about it in a meaningful way. There's, there's a lot we see where some retailers will hire an AI person or two. It's great to get a guide. Absolutely great to get a guide to help go in. Mm -hmm. I've got a floor of people here that are AI and ML specialists. And it's a thing where we look at it and the whole view is that we, there's, there's a lot to, to bring in and adopt in different parts. And it can be brought in many different areas from supply chain, and that part, our area certainly, we believe, has the biggest impact is around the customer experience using AI. Mm -hmm. So it's an imperative. We absolutely think it's an imperative for businesses to go in and do that. And we, we've gone in, there's things, it, just to illustrate the problem, 
profitability is right now, I think on average is 6% when you look at retailers with online mm -hmm. and it goes negative very soon as in, in many, many large uh, retailers, they do operate at a negative margin. They're afraid of losing, they're subsidizing e-commerce with traditional in-store because they don't want to yield the customers to Amazon. That goes for a little while, but it, as you go in and see more and more shift online with the natural trend or Opus and other parts, you, you start to really erode margins. Mm -hmm. So the, the thing you think, okay, here's the issue. Simply search plays a, a massive role because it drives the listing pages. It drives and the way we do. We can drive all the facets and all those particular parts that are out there. Using intelligence to do that, you're giving people the menu to pick from. And classic illustration of a problem for, for performance is you do a search on, go to a popular office supply company and search on uh, chairs. Mm -hmm. the first line will be all discounts, 35% off, 40% off, 35% off. You've already given away 80% of your margin on that part. So what's happened now is you're, you're moving on inventory and margin is significantly eroded. The user may not be looking at those. They may actually be interested in something that would have, would have been signals or clues based on maybe a very expensive printer they were looking at or a very expensive item in session. You can gauge those clues and use that to not necessarily show the discount because the person's giving you signals of discount aversion. You'll see at this point, there might be a high-end chair that could be pre presented and the person would acquire, not having to give up the margin. So it's, it's a difficult problem to solve. You want to go in and give the customer what's likely to go in and purchase, but at the same time, look at the one that's right and it's more valuable for the user and the, and the store. So the whole idea of going in using AI expanding catalog coverage as we do with our vector-based models, using things like intelligent facet generators that we've released this quarter to go through and, and look at various different items about what uh, what is more likely, is it size, is it dollars at this point, to ultimately give the user that experience and not have to default to discounting right away. That's a great way to grow revenue, discount. Problem is mm -hmm. you give away all the margin when you do that as well. That's true, very true. You know, I did want to get your take because we've been talking about search and, you know, we're seeing more more consumers going to social media as a search engine. And we're seeing more social media platforms kind of, you know, rolling out like SEO and search. And so what are your thoughts on that? And how are you kind of preparing for kind of a, a shift to the, the social media search engine? I think about social media, it's interesting where there's opportunities to embed. There's a lot of opportunities that are out there. I mean, ultimately, part of it is whether you're reaching out, taking technology to punch into these items to attract the users where they may be, there's opportunities for that. And then as well, getting into your own properties, whatever channel they might be in at this part as well. It all comes down to relevance, uh, mm -hmm. if you're understanding the context clues, understanding the relevance and using AI to do it at scale. And that's where social media more and more, there is, there's ways where you remove friction upon the checkouts. There's a lot of things on there that can have a play into it. Certainly mm -hmm. our view is that you've got the user a very quick set of attention. It has to be relevant to what they're looking at in social media and where they're interacting to, taking those clues and providing that, that very low friction way for them to interact uh, with you right from the beginning. Absolutely. Low friction is what we all want. Yes. Low friction indeed. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, so Coveo will be at NRF next yep. week. We'll be at NRF next week. What do you guys have planned for the show? 
Of so course, she'll be uh, attending the Rethink Retail Bash, but... Of course, we'll, we'll be at the Rethink Retail Bash next week. We've got, uh, we're at booth 209 and on uh, our, our main booth. We're also up with SAP and the SAP Village. Oh, uh, they're a big partner of ours. So we've got a lot of exposure. We've got a large contingent going there. And actually, one of our customers, uh, Calaris, uh, who owns Famous Footwear, will be uh, on stage talking about what really their digital transformation going mm -hmm. through and some of the things that we've worked with them on and really those parts. So I really encourage everyone to come in uh, to that session, stop by our booth, and obviously uh, we'll see you guys at Bash uh, as well. We're there too. So okay. it's, it's going to be, we're going to have demo stations. We're going to have customer case studies. Uh, I'll be there. Our founder will be there. We'll have a lot of folks at there. So for us, it's really for us in, our, in commerce uh, in Coveo, our, our, our big line of business, it's an area where it's, it's our big show. So there's no question starting this year with with the bang really <laughs> uh, here in, in New York to uh, get people up and running uh, in, in this early 2023 as we go will be, will be fun. Excellent. Fantastic. So if anyone's interested in uh, meeting with you, they can stop by booth 209. <laughs> yep. We're giving out cocktails, I think. Uh, it's actually a Maple Manhattan. We're a Canadian Ooh. company. So it's uh, it's actually, it, we figure we've got to put a little bit of a Canadian flair on that as well. So we've got coffee, we've got cocktails, different parts nice. during the day. And uh, most importantly, uh, our customer, Calaris, uh, famous footwear great presentation. There's an opportunity to win uh, some of, some goods from them and, and just talk and see what we're doing. We're, we're doing some amazing things for retailers. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, we're making money for them, making profit and using AI. It's as simple as that. And just by going in and using search recommendations and other parts, uh, be able to talk about the merchandising hub. We can walk people through it and show exactly what it looks like and the kinds of uh, ways we can help make money for retailers. Excellent. Well, I'm excited to stop by and see what you guys are up to. Have one of those maple cocktails. Be good. Um, <laughs> That's be good. Yeah. Well, you know, it sounds like you guys are really helping retailers deliver great retail experiences at scale, which is so important, especially as, as brands kind of continue to fight for relevance in the market. Yeah. So it was great to have you on the show, Brian. And I look Thanks. forward to uh, catching up with you next week in New York. Looking forward to it. Uh, thanks for the opportunity to talk today. Thank you for listening to the Rethink Retail podcast. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. And if you're interested in being a guest on the show, apply at rethink.industries slash podcast guest. That's rethink.industries slash podcast guest. Follow us on Twitter at Rethink underscore Retail and show some love by subscribing, reviewing on iTunes podcast app. Until next time.